Welcome to The Child Whisperer Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Carol Tottle, author of the best-selling book, The Child Whisperer. If you want to raise happy, successful, and cooperative children, you are listening to the right podcast right now. Thanks for joining me today. Now, today I'm going to handle the show um, with not, I'm not going to be taking any live callers today. So if you are jumping on the live show right now thinking, I can't wait to talk to Carol, you will have to wait one more week. I'm traveling right now and I actually needed to pre-record the show. So I chose to take some of the best email questions we've had come in recently and uh, have this opportunity to answer those. And I'm excited because the day of the live show, if you're listening right now, Monday, October 27th, I will be at Barnes & Noble in St. George, Utah from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the Red Cliff Mall. I'd love to meet you. I'm down in southern Utah doing some filming for, um, well, just let's say we've got some new and exciting things that we're developing, and I required me to go uh, to the Snow Canyon Park and do some filming, so I'm excited for what's up and coming as we always want to support you in having the most amazing experience of your life, living your truth and helping your children live their truth. So call me next Monday if you want to talk live. I'd love to hear from you. Um, Technology that allows me to deliver the show to you today. And for all of you listening to the recording, welcome. If you're new to The Child Whisper, make sure that you get a copy of the book. Go to thechildwhisper.com. It's an amazing book. It will change your parenting experience completely to be one that's so incredibly positive. You're always going to have some challenges. That's just the nature of parenting and family life. But you can turn those challenges into great opportunities for growth. So today's topic is how to help your child get beyond hitting and sassing. Now, we've lately had a a good number of questions come in from moms that are dealing with toddlers. And this is an interesting age. These kids are in a developmental phase where... They're not quite old enough to be able to sit down and let's work it out and help them work it out through more reason and verbal understanding. Um, So I'm glad I can help you lend children into more of their awareness. But this, today before we get into some of the questions, I want to share a success story from a child whispering mom. And I love when you turn in your, when you share your success stories, when you follow up and you let me know how you're doing with some of the feedback that you've gotten from me personally on the show, or you have received support from reading the book. And this mom shares, I recently started working for a new manager. Through our conversations, I recognized her as a type for energy and a dedicated mom. I shared with her my copy of It's Just My Nature and told her about the child whisperer. She read the book and really enjoyed it. When she told me that she had identified her 13-year-old son as a type 1, I suggested she give that she have him read it for himself because my siblings both expressed that reading the book validated the way they think. My sister thought she was broken all her life. My co-worker sat her three children down and shared with them different parts of the book. Immediately, her type 1 13-year-old asked if he could read the book. He said it helped him to understand himself so much better and why his family had a hard time following his thought process. He also took it a step further and brought the book to a teacher at school that he had been having a hard time with. He shared with the teacher that this is the way I think and why that might be different than what the teacher thought. 
he also is doing a project for school based on the four types so he can share it with his classmates. Thank you for the work. Now that, it really touches me when I hear from children and what children are doing with this information and how it's helping them see themselves differently and then because of that they want to help other kids and that's just a great thing. So thank you for sending in this wonderful success story and sharing how we're helping other people understand their children. And that's when you can like the podcast, like it on your Facebook page, like the Child Whisperer com website just like 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 and share this information with other parents so they can create these really wonderful loving relationships with their kids so back to our topic today how to help your child get beyond hitting and sassing comes in um, from a mom she says hi carol i'm a petson mom and i have five children including a set of twins a type 3 boy and a type 4 girl the twins are the youngest and the older kids are all boys, type 3, type 4, and type 1. So the construct of this family, then the two youngest are the twins, a boy and a girl, that are type 3 and type 4. And then the older three boys that are type 3, 4, and type 1. So she doesn't have any type 2 kids in her family. The twins are three years old. Thought we had hit the jackpot. Finally, we had a laid-back baby. But as soon as he turned two, he morphed into this tornado of energy and curiosity. The twins attend a full day of preschool and daycare three days a week. We have had some behavior issues with our boy there, biting, screaming, hitting. And I'm wondering if maybe there's something that is triggering it. Maybe he's too structured. Do you have any tips to help him adjust to being there? Also, he does not respond to the word no. He is not very verbal at all. So he flips out instead of using words to communicate with us. So he flips out instead of using words to communicate with us. Any tips or tricks? Thanks. Well, when I, if I had a child that was three years old that was, uh, regardless of their type, that was in a three days a week, as you described, that they were in a uh, preschool daycare situation that you're paying for, I would make it a request that whoever's the primary teacher and caregiver in that situation know about the, know that he's a type 3. Uh, it's very most likely that he's not being supported there in his nature and he's being disciplined for his nature. They're uninformed. You can't expect a 3-year-old to make up the difference there. But somehow you've got to get it through to your three-year-old that he's got to change so that there aren't these issues at the preschool and the daycare. The caregivers need to know this. With that amount of setting, three days a week, we're talking six, eight hours a day, that's a major part of his life. And if at three years old, type three children, go back and listen to my previous show, on how to take the terrible out of the terrible twos and threes. You take the terrible out of it by taking, by understanding these children. And so you have some, in, you need to enlighten, you need to educate, you need to inform. And if they don't, if they're not open to it, in my opinion, I'd change schools and daycares until I found someone that wanted to really learn about my child. So I would not 
respect my child nor would I want them to conform that many days a week to a uh, situation, an environment that's not supportive of my child. And so in the case where if you're working and this is just something that needs to, it's just something that meets your family's needs to be in this situation, then you, you got to help to see who he is. He's biting, kicking, and hitting and screaming because he's under stress. He's stressed out. He's uncomfortable. And this is his way of communicating. This is not a supportive experience for me. Um, so, so yeah, that's what's triggering it. <laughs> Those are all signs. Children are honored for their true nature and put in environments that support that. And given healthy guidance and discipline, they stay balanced. I observe my own grandchildren who are now seven, five, three, seven, five, and two, two-year-olds. They are very well-mannered children because their mom and dad, their parents understand them. And they've been raised really supportively and from their very origin of you know their lives, from their births, they have been known, their natures have been known and supported. And I see these kids and go, this is possible. Children can be incredibly agreeable and, you know, they have stuff they got to work out, but they work it out and they have this information to, to guide them. So, you know, what's happening those three days a week that your son is so stressed? Question um, from a type four mom. She says, I'm a type four and I'm having a hard time with my type two daughter. She is six years old and lives in a house full of strong energy. I've noticed lately that her secondary is coming out the strongest, which is a type 3. She's being snotty, rude, and sassy all the time. She glares at me when I tell her no. She is mean to her siblings and smiles about it. I know for sure she is a type 2 because she loves comfort and is sensitive. What I need to figure out is how to encourage her in her type 2 movement so that she doesn't rely on her secondary 3. I already have so much high strong energy to deal with I need her slower softer energy to come back or I may go crazy um so when you're saying you're going crazy when you're on the brink of going crazy there's something there's an opportunity for you to say how are you taking care of your own needs so that you're you have reserves to support your children and what are you doing to build your own reserves and so there's several shows in the archives referencing your own self-care as a mother and uh, listen to those. I have a show from a while back where I interviewed a type 4 mom. I highly recommend you listen to that show. It's in the archives. But in this case, again, when a child's under stress, they can um, draw on their secondary energy quite a bit because they don't feel their dominant energy is being heard, seen, and tended to. So what are you doing to support your child's type 2 energy consistently? So she knows she can be gentle, that she knows she can be heard when she's soft, that she knows she can be slower and not be told to hurry up. Um, what's going on in your interaction with her that's causing her to feel that she has to bring this forward? How is she being treated by her siblings that she would have to then take a stand that's stronger than who she really is to kind of counter it? So it's job, again, you've got to observe and say, What's stimulating this? What am I doing to influence it? And what's happening with 
the environment she's in that's influencing it. What nurtures her type two energy? What gives permission for it to be her present self? What are you doing on a regular basis? And again, read this um, chapter again and make a comparison, you know, kind of evaluate yourself. Go through the book and look at the type two section and with, eva you know, an evaluation of your own, how am I doing? Ask yourself, how am I doing? There's a lot of suggestions in that 80 pages because each type section in the Child Whisper book will be about 80 pages. There's a lot of indicators there to say that you can measure yourself um, in reference to to say how am I doing with that. If you're to go through your t children's type section on a scale from one to five, let's say all the recommendations that I make in the book and those are the indicators you're going to measure yourself towards and say how am I doing with that on a scale from one to five, one being not very good, five being amazing, excellent, I'm nailing it. Where are you at? You know, where, where are you, what are you missing? What's not happening for her? And that's a really healthy way to use that book to evaluate, you know, keep, these are not um, a parenting, a, you know, learning to be a child whisperer is kind of a new space for people. So you'll revert back to what's familiar because it's not a familiar parenting approach. It takes a real commitment to being conscious and and really looking at yourself and rem being reminded, being reminded, which the podcast does and the book does really well and the Facebook page does and the Facebook groups do. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash the child whisperer, there's the main page there with about 50,000 uh, 50, fan base and followers that I have there. But then once you've become, uh, once you've read the book, you become a candidate to join one of the groups specific to each of the four types. So parents with a type one child and moms with a type one child can join that group and you can get support to people that are applying this information. And we invite you to give support and use child whispering methodology in your support rather than a place just to share your frustrations. Um, it's really not mentoring. See, I'm not saying you're going crazy, you know, that you're not complaining here. I'm just spinning off into this so people know the purpose of the pages or the groups. But that, you know, look at those two things. Check in with yourself, how you're doing, taking care of yourself so you have the reserves for your children. And you've got, you know, big family, so you really need to be there. You know, you need to have those reserves, and self-care is so important. And then the other um, recommendation was to go back to the book and create that evaluation process. Although I'm not certain of a secondary, I'm guessing it's a secondary type three due to his persistence, but sometimes he is shy, and that makes me doubt the secondary type three. He has gone to preschool for two years now because he's an only child and he's very social. This is our third year in a preschool and he still fights me every day and doesn't want to go. I have intermittently stayed in class with him. Last year it got a little better because he had a best friend that I picked up and drove to school with him. Then he would forget about me quickly, but the teachers are asking me not to stay now. I don't mind him crying, but he gets physical, and I don't think they should have to deal with him hitting and kicking. Once he's in the class, he will sit on a chair and complain, and I feel bad that he is disrupting the other children's experience. 
Now he started sucking his fingers, which he didn't even do as a baby. I'm willing to homeschool if I must, but he can't be with me 100% of every day. Please help. Again, this is a young child who's only four years old. We don't even traditionally start school till children are five and six years old. The fact that he's been in preschool, you said he's... Um, preschool for two years now. Consider the possibility it's not working out. It's not where he wants to be. It's too much. He's doing, he's just an overwhelm. And he's, you said he fights you every day. Now, I don't know if that means he goes to preschool every day, but it feels like you can't be with me 100% of every day. Like, you're, he may be picking on, up on some element I need to get rid of my child. I can't be around him every day. Where you... You know, I'm an advocate for getting breaks from your children, but maybe you're, there's too much. He's at school too much. He can't, he's overwhelming. It's too structured. If he's a type one and he's in a school system all day, I don't have the times here, the length of time that he's in. Most preschools are half a day or a few hours, but if it's every day, type one children have a hard time with, um, especially a four-year-old, being that routine and regimented. They need variety. They need inter things to be really young to put a child into that consistent, repetitive experience day-to-day. -day. Uh, kindergarten, you know, when a child turns five, again, pre kindergarten at a public school can be a lot more kind of loose than a lot of private daycare preschools uh, so in kindergarten only from my experience about three hours and they have recess and they break it up and it's pretty accommodating to a type 1 child but what he's telling you is this isn't a fit for me so what can you create so that you still get the experience you need say you're willing to homeschool if I must, but I'm not sure why a four-year-old needs to be in such a serious school environment yet. Um, it, and he started at three. He just doesn't need to be, maybe he just doesn't need to be in school. <laughs> He's too young. It's like school lasts a long time once you start it. There's a lot of years of schooling ahead. And he, at this age, is meant to just have a have less of this experience and possibly even, you know, that's up to you. I just know I watch my daughter who's got children in this age group. I know what I did. My oldest daughter was is a type 1, and she could handle that two times a week. That was as much as she could handle when she was about five, four or five. When she started kindergarten, we... She went the first week, and we were in California, and she has a late birthday, October 7th. But she qualified when she was four years old, turning five that year. She was in kindergarten. Because at the Cal time, California's date was December 1st. So you could be, you just had to turn five before December 1st. So Jenny, I remember this very clearly. We started her in August, 1st of September. She would have been turning five in a month. 
she went for a few days. We, she came after like the third or fourth day of kindergarten. She said to me on the way home from school, Mom, I'm not ready for this yet. Or, Mom, I don't want to go back. I don't want to do this. And I didn't, you know, I took that to heart. And I thought, wow, I need to tune into this here. I need to be, am I doing this more for me or am I doing this for her? And if I'd pushed it and just said, well, you're just going to have to go because I needed her to go, it wasn't right for her and I knew that. And I needed to get what was right for her more than what was right for me. And so I said, it's okay, you don't. You don't have to go. So we took her back to preschool three days a week. So she wait, I, I held her back a year. And she started the next year and did fine. And she was then five, turning six. So in her class, she was on the older side. And by the time we moved to Utah, that actually was more the norm because the the cutoff date was much earlier in Utah. Now I had another my other daughter, Anne. Her birthday is September twenty-sixth. Same situation. They only have about a week apart in their birthdays. She's younger than her older sister, obviously. She, um, I went ahead and, oh, and her brother's only 13 months older than her. So Chris is only 13 months older than Anne. He was born August 20th. So when it came time for him to start school, and it's very more typical for a parent to hold a boy back just for different reasons, athletics and size and all that, I felt very, I prayed about it because I'd already had this experience with Jenny and my husband and I prayed about it and it felt really good and it felt um, we received a confirmation that we should put Chris in school because what I was dealing with with two children only 13 months apart is if I held Chris back I'd be holding Ann back and I because they I wasn't going to put them in the same grade because Chris was a year older than her and I knew that my decision was kind of weighing on the, the you know looking at both of these children that I was making a decision at that point that would affect the two of them. And I, I felt good about it. Chris started kindergarten. He was fine. Anne started the next year. They were both some of the, Anne, actually, it's an interesting story because they both did fine all through their school experience, through grade school, up and through high school. And Anne graduated from high school when she was 17, started college at 17. She turned 18 a month into her freshman year of college. She had done a lot of AP classes and started college as a sophomore. She graduated from college at age 20 with a international, a international studies degree with a minor in French. And she spoke um, fluent French because she studied in France for a semester. As long as, as well as doing many other things, she actually did very, you know, it showed that we made the right decision. And see, there's so many thing that, things that these decisions affect years coming. Jenny went on to do fine in school, and she struggled a little bit with her reading in her early years. And so she wasn't ready for kindergarten and first and second grade. She had to be tutored. And I know I tie that directly to the fact that she learned to walk at nine months old and did not have enough of a crawling phase. Crawling creates a left-right brain communication connection, and she kind of skipped that phase. I was your classic type 3 mom, you know, encourage your oldest child to walk. 
and I really think her missing the crawling phase uh, interfered with her brain, her left and right brain hemispheres really connecting that affected her reading, and she had to be tutored a little bit in her first, second, third grades. So then she went on to get her degree from the University of Utah in vocal performance as a mezzo-soprano and studied music and is now, you know, using that in many ways in her life. And so, see, you know, you just don't, your children, the children are trying to communicate things to you. You don't know how that decision now is going to affect so many other things in their life. So to be tuned in, prayerful, to be following the the spirit to be following God's guidance because you don't know the your child's life plan nor are you in charge of it necessarily you're meant to be working in partnership with God to support the unfolding of this plan and your child growing up to be their true nature and each one of these questions is regarding you know the we I call the how to help your child get beyond hitting and sassing or hitting and screaming the hitting and the screaming to get beyond it. It's like, what's it? Your children are hitting and screaming, biting, acting out because they're trying to communicate something to you. What are you not hearing? What aren't you tuning into? What is the spirit trying to compel you to notice? Because the decisions you make now in their earliest of years affect long-term decisions as they grow and get older, just as I've shared with you that I didn't know that Jenny out of school would affect, again, her success to be able to go on and pursue what she did by giving her that advantage she needed. Chris and Ann were fine, and it affected Ann as well. She had, you know, both Chris and Ann, and particularly Ann, the way things played out for her and where she ended up in college at the time she did. And my son, who went on to two years of college, decided it wasn't his thing. He was an entrepreneur and he's now the CEO of our company and does an amazing job, see? So the list, the ch your children, in this case, I really feel, do they need to be in school? Do they need to be in preschool as much as they are? You know, what are they trying to get through to you? What do you need to ask to know? Do you need to tune into yourself to say what wants to happen here? And like I said with Jenny, like I love this part of my story that I was able to ask myself, do I need her to go to kindergarten more for myself or am I putting her first? And I realized I had to put her first because I was you know, eager to, at <laughs> that point, when she was five, I had two more children, and one I was pregnant with the fourth. When she was six, I had all four, had a six-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby. So I was pretty eager for her to go to kindergarten. So that was kind of a, okay, I guess this isn't happening. I had my hands full. I had a lot going on. I had a house full of small children, and I was pretty eager for her to have one going to school every day. And it didn't happen that year. I'm grateful I paid attention and I changed. Followed her feedback to me. I followed the spirit and I made a change. I've got another question. This is a different topic. Um, comes in from a concerned parent saying, my 15-year-old son is some combination of a type 4 and a type 3. 
I'm a type 2, and I try to support his big ideas, but he tends to jump in first with little consideration or prep work. As a type 2, it scares me. Okay, right there, the fact that you're getting scared by something is, um, yeah, look at that, is you got in a place where, uh, you know, what's, why, what's that say, what does that trigger in you? That's chance to go in internally. Why does this scare me? Why am I scared? What am I really scared of? Because you, if you parent from fear, and they're going to feel that you're trying to prevent something rather than encourage something be out of love. When you parent from fear, you're trying to prevent something rather than if you parent from love, you try and encourage something. And they're noticing the difference. She says, my huge concern has been with his spirituality. He has come across a group online that sells clearings to clear alien and negative energies and to ensure ascension. He's 15 year old. My husband and I have explained why we don't agree with this practice and have asked him to please not buy clearings. We've also explained he can do what he wants with his own money later when he is supporting himself. I've asked questions to try to understand his reasoning. I can tell he is afraid and I have no idea how this fear began. So my question, well, you're afraid. Okay, I'm not going to put You've shown him that you need to be afraid about things. You're scared. And you're afraid for him. So, you know, without teaching it, you've modeled to him that, fear, that there are things you need to be afraid of. So he's just chosen to be afraid of this. But you've shown him that there are things to be afraid of if, if you're scared about things and you're parenting from fear. So he now has um, chosen something that he's running fear around. It says, you also, my question is, what do I do? What if he is trying his best, being secretive, lying, stealing, etc., to choose spiritual practices that are outright against or opposed to what we, his parents, think his creator wants? I don't believe... I don't believe creator sells his protection. Well, I don't either. I mean, but I think the, I think the issue here is he's mirroring your fear. What if this is more about you and this, he's just, what if your child is playing something out just for you to see something? What if this, what is he, what do you need to learn so he doesn't have to act this out anymore? I've asked myself that a lot as a parent. What am I needing to learn here so that my child can stop doing this? So I, Because I've learned my lesson, and I don't need this experience anymore. Um, and, you know, that's a fine line. And you just, you know, when children are forced to believe and practice their spirituality exactly like their parents, uh, we gave our children choices. We modeled what we felt was correct. We taught what we knew, but we, nothing was ever forced. They chose what they felt was correct for them. They, you know, again, when, a, when you're afraid and you feel like when a child feels that fear and that they're being parented from fear and you're trying to prevent something, they may do extreme things just to feel some sense of freedom. And so my feedback to you is to clear your own fear, 
get confident as a parent so that you can meet your child in confidence. My kids did some things. It wasn't around religion or spirituality. It was just some other stuff. Brought some stuff up for me and I knew I can't influence them if I'm coming from fear. I can't help this make a positive shift for their highest good if I'm scared. And I was honest in one scenario where I did tell my son that I was that brought up a lot of fear for me, kind of freaked me out that I was dealing with that. And that wasn't his to deal with. And that I wanted to get in a place where we could be open and talk about his experience so that I could support him from a place of confidence and love. And it turned out that I was able to influence his experience in a way that um, he ultimately, ultimately made choices based that he chose not that he wasn't doing it for me you just don't want your child making choices so that they say that this underlying beliefs running that i better do this so i don't freak my mom out i know what that's like i know what it's to grow up with a type 2 mother that i sensed how worried and scared she would get that i then had to cater to that so i wouldn't affect the things that were correct for me wouldn't affect her that way. You just don't want your kids to have to accommodate your issues and your fears and your worries. And maybe that's why this is showing up. You know, look at yourself. What do you need to heal within yourself? I've got all kinds of wonderful resources to help you. Go to caroltuttle.com, clear your own fears so you can be with this and have a conversation about it from confidence and peace and say, I find that's very fascinating what you're doing. Why do you feel a need to buy these clearings? We're fine. I'm okay, you know, but if you're running fear, you know, if you're on the line of thinking that the world's going to end and you talk about it in your own way or there's going to be destruction and... You know, I've, I've been around long enough. You know, I was living in California when the big earthquake earthquake hit in 1986. And, you know, we were hearing news stories and all kinds of talk about California could drop off the whole continent, you know, any day. I lived in that right there when that was all going on. And it's like, okay, that didn't happen. Let's live each day from a place of confidence and well-being. And what joy can I create to you today? What amazing experience can I experience, can I receive in my life and what joy can I help share? That's how I choose to live. That's what I choose to be aligned with. And so that's my feedback to you. One quick question about colic. I had a mom write in and say, I would like to know what Carol thinks about babies who have colic. Is it more prevalent in one type over the other and what do you think causes it? Now, this is a really interesting question because colic, as you understand, is incessant crying, just uh, a very stressed out, very, un you know, baby that's crying a lot that can't calm down. It can be clenched fists. It can just be irritation. Something's, they're uncomfortable. They're in discomfort. It appears that a child's in, in an immense amount of discomfort and it can be very unsettling for a parent. Because there's like you're trying to comfort them, and the four types brings a new view of this. So, for example, if it's a type one baby, 
maybe they're swaddled too tight. They need the freedom and they're, they're, and you swaddle them tighter and they get more colicky. I don't know. You know, you got to play with this and see how it works out for you. Type two, maybe they're, they have scratchy, something scratchy against their skin and they're very sensitive and they don't have a plush blanket or a, they just, they're irritated by things touching them. There's too much noise in the house. There's just, is there, there's an agitation going on. There's too much TV going on. There's no calm, quiet place for them. Type three baby, again, the swaddling thing, being confined. I saw a mom recently. I thought it was super cool. I don't know what, I didn't catch what type her baby was because I didn't really have a chance to interact with her, but she had that front pack and she had the baby turned out. I thought, that's so cool. Type one, type three child, turn them out. So they're kind of moving forward with the mom instead of facing the mom. Their body was turned out, moving in the same direction as their mother. I thought that was really awesome. A type four child, you know, are they not getting enough structure? Regular when they're eating, sleeping? Diet's another one. Uh, are you eating any something that's coming if you breastfeed that's an irritant causing an irritant in your breast milk you know there's variables here each of the four you can look at it through the lens of the four types and say is there anything I'm doing that's contrary to my baby's nature that's causing them to be in this undue stress that's causing them discomfort what can I change that supports them and their nature so that again I have a section in the child whisper book on babies read those sections and you'll get some tips on how to do that so your child is comfortable um, and I haven't observed that any particular type has more tendency for this than others I can't speak to that I haven't observed enough babies to know if that is the case so I, I that's an unknown to me in my world at this point I haven't spent time observing babies to know but thank you so much I appreciate all of those questions and catch the blogs on the childwhisper.com website you can read the most recent blog post this is wonderful it's by my first contributing writer Kathy West my family judges my parenting how I handle it that's a great topic Probably one we should talk about here on the podcast someday because that's a common experience. And Kathy has some valuable words of wisdom. Phenomenal blog post. Go to thechildwhisper.com and check that out. And then on the Carol blog, I love this. It's a post I just recently wrote. How to consciously take the crisis. No, it's a video. Watch a video. How to consciously take the crisis out of midlife. We hear about this midlife crisis thing. It's become kind of a cultural reference to people in their um, 50s and up how to consciously take the crisis out of midlife check those blog posts out and go to facebook.com forward slash the child whisper and join us there one more thought um we wonderful free online course go to dressingyourtruth.com forward slash free course and sign if you are not yet dressing your truth as a woman you're missing a huge opportunity for looking amazing every day of your life and an amazing amount of self-love and self-acceptance if you are interested you know if you love the four types for children get to know what type you are most of our child whispering moms are part of the dressing your truth community if you've not yet made that investment 
go sign up for the energy profiling free online course learn about your beauty type with this free course and join us in addressing your truth world we had a club night last week it was fabulous i we recorded it if you missed it we talked about layering for the fall how to create layers for each of the four type styles and emotional layers i gave some great tips about how each of the four types avoids emotion and then i shared how to connect with your emotional selves why you want to and how steps to take in your emotional healing and as a mom children emotionally as much as you have supported yourself that's just the way it is I have to say one of my most successful uh, resources what what caught what influenced my success as a mother one of the top things I did was heal my emotional self to grow up emotionally and my children gave me lots of opportunities to look at myself and say I've got some work to do and to do my own emotional healing so check out last week's club night for all of you that are in the Dressing Your Truth community. The recording is in your members area. Log into your account. And for those of you also, check out the Dressing Your Truth online store. We gave it a makeover. It's a beautiful new store. Check it out. It's wonderful. And thanks for being a part of the Child Whispering community, the Dressing Your Truth community, and the Live Your Truth community at large. Available for your live calls. Looking forward to them as I'd love to help you create an amazing family because you deserve to have one and that is what every member of your family wants everybody wants to feel loved everybody wants to feel joy everybody wants to be heard and the child whisper podcast is here to support you in creating that wonderful welcome to the child whisper as a teacher healer speaker Best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.